Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, the world can be a miserable and dark place. More so than usual, actually, this recent week or so. Um, so we're here to bring you some light, bring you some joy and a bit of an escape. So once again, hi Bradley. I'm joined by Stu. Hey, there is Stu. Not too bad at all, because this week I've been on holiday from work, uh, which is very, very nice. Uh, It shouldn't have to be a big thing that you build up to and then you're like, oh, thank Christ I've escaped. But it's been that way recently. So, yeah, it's it's just been great not being there and just being able to chill out. Yep, definitely, definitely. Uh, I I, I mean, I've I've been on holiday for the past 18 months, technically, so, you know. Yeah. uh, So I'm sponging off the government. Yeah, you're the one taking all my tax dollars. That's how it works, isn't it? I, I am, yeah. Um, I am taking all your tax Terrible. dollars. Talking of dollars, I assumed... Right, I, I, have you seen the, the latest uh, attack by uh, one Donald J. Trump on the trans community? Uh, no, no, I've not. So he's basically done a speech that basically wants to commit genocide on trans people. Um, and that's part of his like campaigning to get back to being like president of the United States. Um, he, he basically wants to end trans people. Uh, now I saw the video. My assumption was it was a deep fake because it was that out there. It had to be a deep fake. Um, apparently not. Uh, apparently not. It's a real ass damn video of Donald Trump basically called it for genocide as a campaign tool and it's just like oh dear oh my god i you know i i, I often sometimes wonder go sort of like like non-binary I, you know i don't always feel part of the the community for sometimes i don't have the right to to weigh in on some of the subject to trans people um to which i have been told no that's that's utter bollocks you know you're non-binary you are part of that community um and it's just i could it's why i could never take that next step you know i've said before plenty of other reasons but are people honestly not seeing that we're headed towards another holocaust (laughs) the way things are going are we not seeing that well, it shows you the slippery slope, uh, doesn't it? it? It shows you how it happens. And like, you know, people go, oh, well, you know, in, in Germany before the war, why weren't people standing up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, you know, yeah. the answer is that people were getting about their daily lives and they were voting against, you know, Hitler's government and just all the usual. But you only need a small amount of people to get into power to drive these things forward. And that's what that's what's happened here. It's just awful. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't want to. I hate. I don't want to say it like this because it's going to be. It's gonna, I don't want it to sound like I'm trivialising it, but I don't want to bang God about it every week because it's not fair on those that are, are after just the escape. So I just wanted to mention it because it's utterly ridiculous. Um, but I am going to double transition. Hang on, that's a, not a bad segue. <laughs> um, what's a, what? Yeah, I'm going to double segue. Sorry, this week because. Talking of utter abhorrent things, video games can be utterly abhorrent, Stu. They can. Um, for many different reasons, they can. Um, I just... Activision are scum, Ubisoft are scum, we know that. Square Enix and they are... Okay, maybe they're not abusing their staff and stuff like that. 
but don't buy Square Enix Life Service games because you're, you're never going to get the full game or the full experience because it was four games, I think, maybe five Square Enix games that have been shuttered within two years of being released. I know, oh, crazy. Dear. There's people who have pour, poured a Just, load of money into them and not see any of that yeah. back. Don't get me wrong, I've not played any of them. Right, couldn't care less about oh, them. God. Like from a personal point of view, uh, but Marvel's Avengers, people actually genuinely enjoy that game. Um, I don't know why, but people genuinely enjoy it. There's that one person who genuinely enjoys Babylon's Fall uh, because of that one person we made him play it on the Steam stats and everything. So that person really enjoys it, um, and they shut it down because it's not making them all the money in the world, and it's just. Ridiculous, but then this is Square Enix who decided four million plus copies sold of Tomb Raider wasn't enough. Um, countless other games that haven't sold enough. Um, it's just little tip if you want a game that has got a live service or has an ongoing multiplayer type element to it, make sure it's got a single player element so at least you can continue playing the game when it's dead. Because, yeah. Um, you know, I can't play Blur online at the moment. But at least it's got somewhat of a single-player campaign, so I can play that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, okay, it's not the most fun part of the game because it was the most fun part of that game was running, like, uh, driving around, trying to blow up your mates and stuff like that online. Uh, but, yeah, shocking. Shocking, 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 shocking. Don't support this rubbish. Um, honestly, unless a game's got a single-player component, don't buy it, especially if yeah. it's from Square. That's all I can say. Really. I I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, but talking of Square Enix, do you know what else isn't always Square Enix? I have no idea. Go on. Video games, Joe. Ah, video games. Yeah. Them things. So which I know. Which video game have you been playing that Square has shut down? <laughs> Tell me. None of them, because I wouldn't touch them. They. I, I will probably get the new Final Fantasy game. But again, single player, one-off payment. You know, I would never buy into any live service stuff of any type. I don't think, you know. But yeah, but so I've been playing something that's like the polar opposite of all of that caper. I've been playing Mega Man X, which is you know thirty years old at this point and has got no DLC and is uh, yeah just an arcade game. And Mighty Number no. Nine, did you say what? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I actually, ironically enough, I, I bought that as well this week <laughs> because I want to try it out. It was like £2.50 and I thought, yeah, for that, I'm going to give it a go. But um, and you know what? At least it's a game you can play. That's for all right. its fault, you can play it even though it's been abandoned. Correct. Has it been abandoned? I don't know. I'm assuming it's been abandoned. Well, I mean, single player anyway, so I, I don't think they were ever adding anything to the main quest so yeah no that's fine but um yeah Mega Man X is uh I've not played very many Mega Man games and oh it's really good so far and I, I say so far I'm nearly near the end um it's you know one of the best things is like get obviously getting the weapons from the other from the bosses when you beat them that's a timeless thing that's always satisfying and what I think is new is to this game over the older games from that point, because they're all ancient now, is that you can um, have a, you have a special move for each one as well. So, say you get like the ice power. There's like the special move, uh, the regular move where you fire it, 
and it freezes stuff, obviously, and a special move where it creates a little ice, floating ice kind of platform that you can use to access certain areas. And there are lots of hidden secrets, armor upgrades, all of that sort of stuff. And the level design is excellent. It's like the best level design in a platformer uh, of that type that I've played in quite some time, and I play a lot of these things. Mm. So very, very impressed with that. Graphics are absolutely gorgeous. It was a SNES game originally. Really, really nice. Gets a little bit of slowdown when there's a lot of enemies on screen, but, you know, you can forgive that. And bright, colourful. Goes in with, with an objective and smashes that objective out of the park. You'd never know that it it was just a game <clears throat> on a console that was limited by the amount of colours because it's so colourful. Um, the cartoony graphics are just beautifully rendered and, and hand drawn, and it's it's not. It's I'm not going to stand here and go, oh, it's you know, it's a ten out of ten game, because it's not. But because there are really annoying bits that are very much part of you know games of that era that are thrown in there to be a complete grind to get through, so you don't just complete it in forty five minutes first time you play and. One of the things is there's a boss rush at the boss rush at the end, and you know me, absolutely can't stand boss boss rushes. I can't say Nor boss I. rushes. No, they're hideous. No, I can't. Do them. No, I, can't. I know they were an absolute nightmare, and they. I find them. It's worth going off on a tangent to talk about boss rushes because it's worth talking about why they're crap, and the reason they're crap is because they're very tiring, mentally tiring, because they're not new because you've experienced this thing in the game before. It's all stuff that you've seen. It's normally just artificially padding things out so they can reuse scenes and characters and stuff like that. And also, they're tiring because they're difficult. And even like when you play them late game when you're powered up, most of the time they're still quite hard. So they're, they're old, they're boring, and they're unnecessary. And it's the sort of thing that stopped me like playing, uh, for example, Beautiful Joe. Uh, a second time because I played it through absolutely loved it happy to put it in my top 100 games of all time then I got to the boss rush bit at the end and I was like no this drops down several marks in my estimation Um, anyway apart from that really cracking game very much enjoying it and yeah great stuff cool so on the boss rush thing with Mega Man X um, and Beautiful Joe actually let's circle well because people know what Mega Man is and they know how quality a series it actually is so I've not got any questions I've played some Mega Man in my time not very good at it but you know we know Mega Man Um, the bus rush mode then is it optional or is it part of the main game what in Beautiful Joe no in Mega Man no it's just part of the part of the game Right, see, that's yeah. <clears throat> that's what I consider disappointing because I'm all for options. Any game that's a platformer has bosses, anything, etc., etc. Do you know what? As an added extra, do a boss rush mode that you can unlock once you finish the game as a bonus because I don't like it, you don't like it, but there are people who love the old boss rush. Okay, they love it. So have it there, but not as part of the main game. Uh, because, yeah, you're right, It's you're, that's not the game you're playing, and it feels like it's artificially added at the end. Artificially added as another mode, like your daily challenge. I mean, you wouldn't put Spelunky out there and go, oh, you can only play the daily mode, or as part of it, you've got to do a daily run as part of your main run or anything like that. You wouldn't do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for this stuff being there, because choice, 
but that's the main part. Is it the same beautiful Joe? Is it part of the main game or is it a lot extra? Yeah, it's part of the main game. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. I've got no problem with boss boss rush modes at all. But yeah, no, because they're completely different. They're just you go in, you you pick it separately, and you fight the bosses in sequence. Whereas this is you you play the game, you do all the levels, you fight the bosses, you beat them, you do it again, you do another level, you fight a boss, you beat them, you carry on, then you get to the end, and then you have to fight all them bosses again. <laughs> That's the problem. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really happen nowadays. But when it does, it gets very annoying. No, I think the only one I can really think of, and it is a boss rush game, I suppose, is um, is um, Cuphead. Uh, but even that's even that's structured with bits in between. Yeah, well, games that are just bosses, because there are games that are just yeah. pretty much bosses. That's fine if that's what you want to play. You know, um, I don't think that has a boss rush, does it? Where you fight all of the bosses in sequence at the end. I think it's got a I separate don't know. boss. I rush didn't mode. get past the first level. No, so, I didn't you know. get far. I didn't get far <laughs> with that. Honestly, found that trying to wrap my head around how that game played, I just couldn't do it because I tried it like it's. I tried it with the pad, and I was like. It must be because it's a pad that I'm so crap at this. Um, so I tried it with a joystick, and it was unplayable with a joystick. It's designed around yeah. uh, designed around having an analog stick. Um, so I was like, nope, nope, just noped out of there because I was like, no, no, can't do it. And I don't enjoy it enough to to do it. The guns aren't good enough in Cuphead for me. I just didn't enjoy any of the weapons. I didn't think they were very well designed or exciting, and it was all about just pummeling over and over and over again so yeah didn't really click with me at all but it's so beautiful that i want to like I it want i want to like it yeah um, it's like it's one of those i can't get my head around right sonic and mario became big because they they were great looking games at the time um, their 2d versions are still some of the best looking games ever made um and they're iconic but they was accessible okay so they spawned tv shows comics toys movies the lot Cuphead has all the elements that Sonic and Mario have, and it's spawning TV series, comics, toys, etc., etc. But it's the least accessible game I think I've ever bloody played. <laughs> yeah. How many people? Am I just that bad at games now? Because how many people are playing that and going, do you know what I really want from this game now? A TV series. Because you... just Are there kids who are like five years old sitting there playing Cuphead going, yeah, this is easy. Am I that out of touch now? I can't answer that because you might be, but if you are, I am, and I probably That's am. Children who are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any kids playing Cuphead. There might be some who've played, picked it up because they've seen the Netflix show, but I can't yeah, imagine it really appealing to them. I just—if anyone knows the answer to this, how has Cuphead become popular across media? Because I don't—I don't get it. And it's not because of the game. It's I get it. Structurally, it's brilliant. You know, it's, the mechanics are brilliant. The visuals are brilliant. Everything about it is brilliant. But not enough people could have played it properly. No, I just think it's purely because it's lovely looking and people and they've just gone, oh, we've got to have a bit of that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's Yeah, it's very strange. I don't really understand, on a tangent to this, why there isn't a... Um, Eco Shadow of the Colossus Last Guardian cinematic universe because that would lend itself really well to that. It's got a history and a lore buried in there that you could explore. Uh, it's got a lovely look to it. I think you could make something re a really good TV. We'll have to do a whole section on what games should be made into TV shows. Yeah, we could do. Uh, because apparently, see, I'm waiting till it's all out. Apparently, The Last of Us is really good. Yeah, I saw, um, yeah, I saw the first episode and it, it is good. Yeah. 
Uh, I've not watched any of it yet, and I'm trying to avoid spoilers. I don't know why I'm trying to avoid spoilers, because I've completed the first game. Well, it's very so, very different. Uh, well, it's not different, but... It, does it does it walk in dead it a bit, where it's, you know, there's bits from the source material, but it then goes, ah, oh, we'll do our own thing. I, I, I have only seen the first one, it's too early to say, but... What it's what it's done? If a uh, very mild spoiler, uh, no, I can't is it really. A spoiler? I can't... Is it a, wait before you do it? Is it a spoiler if I've played the game or if I've played the game? I'm safe. If you've played the game, you're safe. But right. Sp- spoilers for everyone else. Yeah. Still sort out the when you can come back in bit. Yeah. So wait, this is incredibly mild. But what it does is, you know, at the beginning of the game, everything kicks off. And yep. something very, very major happens. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of goes forward in time, and he, uh, Joel, was leading a new life with a different set of people and values. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What it's what it does is instead of making that jump, it carries on. Well, it still makes a jump, but it carries on and fills in his life between um, the early days when something happens. And when he meets Ellie, so it fills in that gap. Mm. That's what it's done, and it's really good because it really fleshes out the world and how the world works. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. Really I suppose, well done. Actually, in saying that, I suppose that works in TV. Actually, thinking about it, my first reaction was really uh, because I I went from I remember playing it and I cried, and I can't believe I cried at it because the game it was only what twenty minutes, half hour in that happens. Oh yeah, that, they, you told me fifteen yeah. minutes. I cried. Maybe. I bawled my bloody eyes out. I'm yeah. like, oh. And then you get that moment of hope because it goes to a scene where you're going, oh, maybe. And then those hopes are dashed. But anyway, and that was very poignant. But yeah, you're right. You can't feel that in a video game because I think the last thing you want after that scene is another 20 minutes of um, exposition. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in a game that wouldn't work. So, Kudos to to the creators there of realizing what works in a video game won't always work on TV, but you get extra rope on the TV to do these things. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So working well so far, yeah, mm. yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to watching that. Uh, welcome back, by the way. Anyone who had to skip that bit, I don't think we actually spoiled it, but hey, I think we've proved. Yeah, it's up to you now. Do you want to go back and listen? Because I don't think we spoiled it, but we might have. Who knows? I don't know. I don't uh, know. But yeah, I've managed to convince Lowe's going to watch it as well, and she's never played the game. Yeah. So the, yeah, well, Mel wanted to see it. I wasn't that fussed, but Mel no, actually asked. Yeah, Mel actually asked. Um, so yeah, I went. Got, ahead. It's got it's got LGBTQ stuff in it. I don't want to watch that on my TV. Ugh. Oh no, I'm with. I stand no. with Donald J. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna cut that. I'm gonna find someone to cut that, and they're, they're gonna just put that everywhere you post on the internet. Just oh, you going, I stay with Donald Day Trump. Ugh. I don't know what a Donald J Tr- uh, <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, where was we? How did we get to the Last of Us TV? Oh, Cuphead TV. Um, yeah, yeah, via boss rush it. mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't get it. I'm glad it is because it shows that there's always crossover opportunities. And, you know, if you do it right, then you can create something. Just don't force it. Because I don't think Cuphead was forced into being this stuff. 
if this was someone's plan from the very beginning, then fair bloody play to them. But when something naturally gets popular like that, that's brilliant. Uh, don't try and force it like your iconic Aiden, whatever his name was from Watch Dogs, with his no. iconic hat. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Anyway, moving on. From one beautiful looking game uh, to another. Um, I've been playing, I didn't realise this has been out for a while, but it's been out longer than I thought since 2021, I believe. But I've been playing Jet, <laughs> the Far Shore, plus the Given Time expansion, possibly, new campaign, whatever it is, um, which has just released on on Steam. I don't know what other platforms it might be on, but it's, apparently it's on other platforms. I don't know. I'm really confused. Uh, it's the first time I've <laughs> played it. Um, now, again, I've managed to pick another game where I, I want to say as little as I can because it's all about the discovery that you have. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's time for Brad Does Cryptic discussion on video games again. Um, My favourite segment. Yeah. Um, so, basically what you've got here, it's... Um, from Super Brothers, who, <clears throat> if you're into your indies, you know your indies, made Sword and Sorcery EP, which was a beautiful 2D adventure game with a, a narrative that really hit home, but was told in such a way that, again, it was about the discovery, and it's off. If you've never played it, play it. Um, but this is a bit of a departure for them because it's a little bit really easy to like 2D looking type thing where they could like work that really well. They've gone full 3D open-ish world um, of loads of different environments. Um, and, you know, you basically play a character um, and you're piloting this this jet. Amazingly, um, that's like kind of like it skims the ground. The way it flies is it kind of like it skims the ground, sort of. Um, it's not like a hovercraft low level, but it's trying, it's fairly low level stuff. Um, low flying, probably what they say, isn't it? That's what they say, um, yeah. Yes, well done. Um, uh, <laughs> and basically, you kind of like explore, um, and find things. And you get these, like, moments that happen in the game. Um, it's, at times, it's, like, really casual and relaxing and laid back. And then at other times, stuff just happens. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And you're like, ah, my gee. Yeah, okay, that, that came out of nowhere. Um, and there's, it's both warm and comforting. And then... There's elements in there of just pure and utter, what's the word? Not exposition. Existential dread in there as well. Um, and it's just like it mixes all these things up throughout the game. Um, and it's just like, I can't describe it. I can't describe what this game is meant to be because it's not like anything I've ever played before. It is a walking sim, but it's not a walking sim at the same time. It's like, in a way, in some ways, it's like someone took No Man's Sky. And instead of going overboard with what they were promising to deliver, they just, like, 
screwed it up into a ball really tightly and just went, look, here's all the good elements of No Man's Sky. And we just put it into a little tiny fraction of that. Um, and it just works so, so well. And it's backed up by amazing music. So the visuals are really nice. They're kind of low poly, but not low poly um, at the same time. Kind of a pastelish, pastel, pastel, pas, pas. Yeah, it's kind of not very saturated, but there's loads of colour at the same time. Again, you've got to look at it. Very hard for ADHD autistic person here to uh, to get that out, um, to explain that properly. Um, but it's got also amazing music. Oh, my God, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, it's like, you just, you, you want to be in this world. Um, you're just, like, there. Um and there's like first person sequences in there as well. So it's not just flying your ship around. You then get to have conversations with people. Um, you get given some missions to do and you kind of follow those. And there's a reason behind why you need to do it. Um, there's, like I say, it, it's really relaxing. But there's these moments of like really fast paced chases and stuff like that that go on because there's otherworldly creatures that sometimes appear, but they're not so common that it becomes like an actual gameplay mechanic. They come out of nowhere, but they also feel like they belong at the right times as well. It's, oh my God, what an absolute experience this game is. And yeah, I just, I just play it, play it, get it, enjoy it, soak it in because it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So you like that one, man? Yeah. <laughs> I've been spoiled the start of this year. I really have. Yeah. Because it's not even my favourite game of the week. Wow. Well, this hasn't uh, wasn't on my radar whatsoever. I've never even heard of this, but it looks absolutely fantastic. It just describes it as an action-adventure with immersive sim elements, but mm. uh, yeah, it looks gorgeous. Um, I might have to buy this. Yes. Uh, so, word of warning at the moment... It run like an absolute piece of crap on the Steam Deck. Okay. But, 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 the developers are working to get it working properly on the Steam Deck. Um, and they've said, I believe, they've found solutions which would also improve overall performance and optimization for the main game as a whole anyway across all systems. Right. Uh, so Steam Deck... Doing wonders for video games as people are finding solutions. Nice. Uh, for, uh, what's it called? Where you try and make things work in different levels. Uh, Optimizations? Yeah, Challenges? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, let's, okay. let's say optimizations. Yeah. Uh, not scrolling. Oh. What do they do with Doom? It's Doom. Like, Doom works really high level and low level. What's that? Uh, <laughs> scalability? Scaling! Yeah. Sc scalability, yes. Right. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed that all comes together. Um, so if you're a Steam Deck exclusive, I possibly would wait. But also, you know, this all should go out in time. Basically, it's released at forty percent off on Steam as well. Um, so instead of being twenty five quid, which is totally worth it, you can get it for fifteen. So, but that well, you've probably got like a day or two days by the time this has gone out. And if you're listening to this late. You're paying 25 quid. Yeah. Uh, but worth it, worth it, worth it, worth it. Um, I've had to play this big screen. I've not finished it. 
by this strategy imagination because I'm now waiting because I want to play it headphones on on the Steam Deck um, and make it a really personal experience. But, oh, yeah, it's brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, Super Brothers have done it again, essentially. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's £14.99, that is, until the 7th of February. So, yeah, there you go. That's Monday, Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be out on the Saturday, all being well. So if you're listening to this day one, you've got a couple of days. So yep. thank me later. Yeah. Awesome. Um, right. If you've got another one, Stu, because I need to, I need to, I need to reel myself back here before I go again. I uh, yeah. Well, I have. It's sort of a general, interestingy kind of experience slash gaming thing. So what I did this week was I. Well, what I do generally is I occasionally browse eBay for for monitors because that's mm. just the kind of gimp I am. Uh, I am very gimpy. I have no problem with this. I am what mask and everything. The, well, you know, not not necessarily the mask, but I am just oh. just a bit of a bit of a prat, you know, a bit of <laughs> <laughs> bit, you know into my own stuff a little bit too much. And sometimes, you know, I get really immersed in it. And I, yeah, I keep my eye out on monitors and. The reason why CRT monitors we're talking about, obviously, um, and the reason why you have to keep your eye out is because they are often overpriced. At, but the biggest thing is that they don't get shipped by people very often at secondhand. They get on eBay. They they're too f- yeah they're too fragile, so they tend to be collection only. And I was just scrolling through, and bizarrely, I found one in my neighbourhood, and I was like, oh god, right, that's good, and so. It was like a buy it now of a hundred quid, but it was starting bid of fifty, and I was like, "That's dirt cheap. I might get lucky here." So I won it for fifty quid, which is, if anyone nice. knows, yeah, getting hold of a, a CRT monitor, not a TV, um, getting hold of them for that money these days is practically impossible. So I was really chuffed with that. Anyway, so I went to collect. I it. bet the seller would. Yeah, probably not. Uh, he didn't. Yeah, if he was, he didn't show it. He was. Uh, he was very very chatty, but we'll get to that. So. I went to pick it up, and it was only like a few miles away. Not far at all, just across town. And uh, near where my mum lives, funnily enough. And yeah, he went to the door, knocked on the door. He's there, really chatty. Let's me in, Get you know, go past his little toddler, give the toddler a little wave. Like, you know, fairly compact little house. Um, Does this story end up with him throwing in a child with your perch? <laughs> well, they go for a lot on the secondary market, so I could have made some cash there, but... <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not so I, you know yeah out of pocket still but um so he goes yeah yeah come on it's out here out the back so we go out the back and uh he's got a separate shed and we go into the shed and the shed thing which is better than a shed is the same size as the the downstairs of his house if not maybe a tiny little bit bigger and it is full of monitors and consoles and sticks and everything so he's got like I would say a conservative estimate there were about 30 monitors all in dedicated, uh, you know, like wall mount, not mounts, but uh, shelving, Um, like proper hardwood shelving, really spent loads of money on it. Uh, Everything from tiny little PVMs, which are like professional, well, it's professional video monitor, uh, like that they used for like CCTV back in the day, which are pin sharp. From little ones of about, you know, eight inches right up to 32-inch monster CRTs. He's got a couple in Tarte mode, you know, 
rotated into portrait mode so you can mm-hmm. play our old arcade games that were in that mode 32 inch screens done like that um he's got monitors of every type and attached to these monitors well not all of them because he picks a lot up for for sale you know directly for sale after reconditioning um and he's got just like tons of consoles tons and tons of games you know hundreds if not a thousand games on the wall in in shelving and he's got arcade sticks attached up which always makes me happy and yeah it's just it's the first like my um my mate mike who's into games as much as us has got like a man cave full of full of stuff and thousands of games um but it's just like one little room of his house and I've got a few bits and pieces, obviously, and some good retro stuff. But this guy t- takes it to a new level. And I've never been into a room like that before, really. Uh, computer museums would probably be a bit jealous. Like, quite jealous. Oh, wow. You know, just of, of the monitors. Because all sorts from all over the ages. Um, all sorts of stuff I'd never even clapped eyes on before. Um so it was quite an experience. It was quite an experience because you never think, oh, there's somebody else as into games as me who lives that close who, you know, could be featured in a magazine or something, you know, because of all the stuff they've got. So yeah, that was really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I love it with. I love that there's people like that out there. Yeah. Um, I. I it's, it's my favourite thing about this world. Sometimes that there are people like that. Yeah. Well, it's 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 good. I mean it's it's funny you always think well i hope it doesn't impact on their on their lives because i mean i have to think very very hard let me get it straight my wife is absolutely brilliant about my hobby like she doesn't give a monkeys what i'll spend my money on whatsoever and she she's happy that i enjoy it and you know all of that um i never put us in any financial risk because i'm just not that kind of a person anyway um and you don't have kids and i don't have kids which helps <laughs> so uh she knows that if i overspend i'll have to go on the streets to make the money back you know all that kind of thing but you know i'm very very careful uh with what i pick i've only got like one shelf full of old stuff really and a couple of extra bits and okay all right i've spread across half a room but you know that, that could be a i've lot got worse. an entire secret house <laughs> yeah. it's fine a different family to run the house and all sorts no um but no I mean, it's you know it's mostly stuff but to see all of that concentrated in one area particularly focused on tvs and monitors uh, old CRTs. It's yeah, it's quite amazing. I, uh, he did, of course, also have massive, great big telly as well, like a couple of really massive flat screen, you know, regular stuff, modern stuff. So yeah, he's really into it and really sells it. So yeah, that was fascinating. The only problem now is, I know he's got a twenty-one inch Sony CRT monitor that's a lot more expensive than the one that I bought, and I'm like, oh, can I get it? Oh, I want to get it. Make me. Oh, he's actually it. got it for sale. For sale, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, oh. I know. Put in a bit of overtime, Stu. I know. Fine. I can't. I could do. I could do. But yeah, no, I might have to get that. I might have to get it. Ah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. Um, I, I, I wish I had the room and the, the, the time and the money for that, so I could force my kids to play the stuff that I went was good back in the day. <laughs> Um, stop playing all your you games. Play you got to start at the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you really enjoy pong. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you see, I've got it for. I mean, I've been playing 
my PC through it, a Final Burn Alpha, which is a really good emulator for, particularly for for Capcom, uh, Capcom games, but it does a load of others as well from back in the day, and it it just it's the closest to playing them in the arcade that you can get without buying an arcade cabinet, um, uh, you know, because it's got the perfect. It fits the screen perfectly for the right aspect ratio, and because it's CRT, it's got perfect blacks, and you don't have to buy an OLED. So instead of spending a grand and getting an OLED that looks great, you're spending you know fifty quid and getting an, that level of kind of you know sharpness and beauty for your arcade machine. And uh, yeah, so it, it it works out as a really good value proposition if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, a few bits of MDF there. Yeah, a decent arcade, a dual arcade stick. Hook it all up, you know, and create oh, a you know, homemade arcade machine. There you go. Absolutely, but um, sorry, Mel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put the idea in my head now. But um, yeah, no. So the the main thing I'm going to do it for is for playing my consoles through it as well. But I, I bought a I bought an adapter to to do that. Um, but I need another adapter on top of that <laughs> to play it through my uh, OSSC upscaler so i've ordered that and i'm waiting for it and it's one of those where i'm chewing my nails every single day until it arrives but it's all good stuff it's nice excellent excellent um i i yeah i i love listening to that stuff and sort of like your experiences with all the retro and that because it's stuff i can't do um one yeah. money two family commitments three just talent i don't have the time and the space the talent to even start collecting properly and adhd i'll, I'll get right into it overspend get bored after a while and then sell it all because i've done that before <laughs> yeah i know well i kind of do things like that but I, what i try and do these days is just have one of each thing so if it's a unique thing that i i genuinely want to use I don't mind having it, um, and if I don't, if I find myself not using it, I sell it. So now I have to like, I will shift on the, my TV that I've been using, my CRT TV. So mm. I won't just like mothball that and keep you kind of now. offset it, yeah, the cost as well that way, yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. And um, it's it's more for space because space is the premium because these yeah. things aren't a lot of they don't cost crazy money. I mean, they cost enough money, but when you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs, you don't go out like anywhere that costs a lot of money you're not eating you know expensive meals you don't have kids you don't have an expensive car to run you're not paying a mortgage all of these are me you know i i can afford to chuck money at this stuff now and again so uh it's it is space that's the killer but yeah it's if you can get if you have the space uh it's it's a nice thing to do yeah if you haven't got the space and you want to sell it all still buy it probably don't don't (laughs) Because people will <laughs> offer, and I'll be like, "Oh bloody hell!" Now I'm living in a tent in the garden while the house is full I want of crap. It. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, yeah. that's why I, I I really like the like all in one setup. So I've got, I mean, essentially I've got a, like my um, full all in one setup on my PC, which I can hook up to the big TV if I need to, or play on the monitor. I've got my vertical handheld and my wide handheld, my Vector Pocket 3 and my RG353V. I've got a Vita because it's still amazing. I don't care what anyone says, and it's the best way to play PSP games. Um, I've got the 2DS as well, uh, because again, emulated is fine on those, but it was designed around the original hardware and it's always a bulked experience to a degree. 
um, to play that emulated. Do a ball, play a ball, not ideal. Um, and obviously I've got the Steam Deck um, and I can play everything pretty much bar light gun games, I would say, because that's the one thing I've not brave trying to do yet is spend the money to buy a light gun setup that will work on a uh, uh, a uh, 4K TV. Yeah. Um, but that'll happen one day, I'm sure, as it becomes maybe a bit more popular, hopefully, or one of the Sega companies or Sega or someone like Sega releases a new light gun game with a proper 4K light gun. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, it just needs one person to bother, one company to bother. And yeah, the, maybe the techno- someone like a Sega. Yeah. You know, the people that made, you know, the, the, the Sega games, they someone like that could do it. Yeah, it, once, they've, once they've done it and everyone can copy the technology, it'll be everywhere. So that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot moving of, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, you'll have to no, stop go on, me. You, you speak, you speak, because I don't get... <laughs> well, I could go on forever. But just a, just a quick one. That, what It's that thing that, like you said, about um, when you when you do something for like jet you know to optimize it for other systems mm. or you optimize it for one system and it benefits everybody and there's technology advances that do that so uh, about retro gaming and i i don't like calling it retro gaming to me it's just gaming it's like i wouldn't call old films retro films i don't like calling them old films they're just films do you know what i mean that and your olden time still reminds me when lucas turned around and went oh i'm not watching that olden time film when we tried to get him to watch snatch (laughs) oh my god what's that 25 years old i guess yeah i think i spoke about this before but it's the equivalent of me looking at something that was released in the 60s when i was his age and stuff like that going it's a well old film yeah because it was to me yeah yeah i know i know and i suppose it's it might partly be because so much of the modern world is absent from those films it's really hard to relate to them but um yeah yeah but i mean that's a whole other conversation i'm rattling on enough but what i was going to say was just on the technology side of things is that it creeps forward so that these things become more and more playable because what you don't want is anything to become obsolete uh, especially because arcade games don't like straightforward arcade games don't age like they don't become yeah. boring and crap um and it's fine when it's a Pac-Man and they just keep re-releasing like both new versions and the availability of classics but stuff, you know, like Ninja Batman or The Punisher by Capcom or, you know, any of the things that are not available anymore, you want to be able to play them properly and old console games and stuff like the OSSC that I have you know, that allows you to play old consoles on new TV hardware, there's loads of stuff like that being developed and i'm looking forward to seeing more stuff in ai like upscaling so mm. you, like the equivalent of dlss but for retro games that would be good i would love to see an ai generator that could turn a 16 9 image into a 4 3 image so that when you're playing an older but widescreen only game that it could intelligently crop it without uh you know without it squishing the screen because uh, mm. there's a use case for that as well. Not a big one, well, but get, there are ones. You get some good widescreen hacks, so surely someone could make a good four-three hack. Well, it's a, it's a it's a lot it's a lot harder to reverse engineer it. 
No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, I, no. I got that completely wrong. You're, I you're right. To ha- I want that to happen, so it's easy. Just, just <laughs> crop it and move all the elements. It won't affect the game at all. No, of course it won't. <laughs> but no, <laughs> but all this stuff is 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 great. You know, you, what you, your ultimate aim is that you want it so easy that you can just stick anything that you've ever wanted to play on something and it will work without you having to jump through hoops. Um, mm. Because what happens if you if if things fall out of favour and out of common circulation, you get a situation where, like you know, you were talking about there with Lucas, that where pe- kids don't want to watch older films, for example, mm. or listen to older music. Now, the music thing isn't a problem because of Spotify, but there isn't an equivalent Spotify for films, so they fall out of favour, nobody watches them, and anything before like the year 2000 might as well not exist to a new generation of people. And you don't want that to happen. So, yeah, that was just a long and extended rant on on what should happen with retro gaming in the future, really. Indeed. Uh, there is something I was going to cover this last week, and I won't cover it this week because I've got a couple of other bits I want to talk about on the positives. Uh, so we might talk about it next week. But uh, there's a YouTuber called Lady Decade, who talks a lot about yeah. retro systems and everything, and really talks about bootleg versions of stuff that, you know, and what it's like in other countries and stuff like that. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's um, really she good. Done yeah. A video, yeah, she done a video recently talking about the gatekeeping that's going on in the retro community at the moment, and I want to chat about it because she really let loose on some of the people and the, the toxicity oh, that's in there as well. Um, so we'll chat about that next week because I think yeah. it's a very interesting discussion to have. It um, is, it is. As opposed yeah. to this one that I just went on about. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. You talk about it. So you're, you're someone who I consider who's great for the retro community because you love it and you want everyone to love it and everyone to experience it in their own way. You don't care whether I'm playing... If I went and played... Uh, uh, not Metal Slug. What was it you were talking about? Mega Man. If I went to yeah. play Mega Man in a minute on a 4K TV via an emulator... Um, that had a bit of lag to it, and I was enjoying it. You don't care. Nope, not at all. But there's some people that would go, that's not right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and they wouldn't say it as pleasant as that. Um, mm. So, as I said, as we were saying about boss rush mode, um, still part of this conversation, bloody hell. Um, as we were talking about boss rush modes, look, they're fine. You could enjoy them. We don't like them in this fashion, but if you like that as part of the game, that's great. We just don't like it as part of the game, and we would like it as an optional. But we get why, at the same time, that hasn't happened and why some people like it how it already is. That's all fine. Anyway, that's a preview into next week. Please don't not tune in. <laughs> <laughs> so, to finish off, we'll talk about a couple of games very quickly that I played. Because I, I decided, I like Tinkerage, do you know this? I do. Um, so I decided, right, I've got two projects for my Steam Deck at the moment uh, because I can't do hardware tinkering. So I basically tried to have all my artwork redone on the like the uh, capsule artwork. Um, so they got like a a single colour, ideally white logo at the top um, on a background with like maybe a screenshot of the. Um, of the of the game or someone's done their own custom artwork to put there and stuff like that um so everything's got a bit of unity to it uh, i just think it looks really really cool so it looked yeah. almost like a bit of a criterion collection type stuff oh yes um uh, yeah i love the uh the old criterion collection dvds were amazing yeah um anyway 
That's that's what I kind of like doing. So that's one of my projects, and I'm going through. I've got two thousand odd games that I've got to go through. So it's going to take a while, and then the ones that I can't find via Steam Grid DB, I'm then going to do my own. But then I know what's going to happen. I'm going to do my own for those, um, and I go, ah, oh, they look better than the ones that are already on Steam Grid DB, and they just go and do them all. Um, so yeah. follow me on Steam Grid DB. There's probably going to be two thousand odd games, and if you've got any requests, drop them to me. Um, anyway, um, sweet. Yep. Also, I've got to do this to make sure I can do it at times where my eyes aren't terribly bad because I keep forgetting that I can't spend hours and hours and hours at a computer anymore. Anyway, the other thing I started doing was I I then started going, right, I'm going to have a a, a couple of collections on my... uh, on my Steam Deck and on Steam, that's my um, completed collection, my abandoned collection, and my like uh, kind of parked games collection. Um, so I could organise what I'm playing a bit more. So I went through all 2,000 games, and I saw that I've only completed 61 of my 2,000 games. Um, <laughs> Excellent. And that's not even on Steam. So I've got like the three modern Tomb Raiders on Steam, but I've only completed one of those on my Steam account. The others were completed like on the Xbox 360 yeah. um, and, and so on. So I was like, ah, this is not good. So I've challenged myself that by the end of this year, I want to get to triple figures of completed games on Steam. Whether I complete them on Steam, whether I complete them elsewhere, don't care. I can then pop that game into my completed section, get that up to triple figures. So, done a few, um, and I've, but one of two I want to talk about. One is called The Last Campfire, which came out at the back end of 2021, and it's from Hello Games, uh, who made uh, who were famous for Joe Danger. Nothing else. They didn't make any other games that they overpromised on and under-delivered on. on <laughs> Joe Danger. Not. Joe Danger 2. Uh, both oh, yeah. brilliant, by the way. Uh, remaster those Hello Games. Bit of quality of life improvements. They are, uh, honestly, you were back in the day. Sorry. Hello Games back in those days were brilliant. Um, uh, Sean Murray was very chatty with everyone. You know, I had loads of email chats with Sean Murray back in the days. And then he kind of, what happened with No Man's Sky, sent him a bit reclusive in a way. Well, it was. Um, which was yeah. a shame. Yeah. yeah, it was a shame. He, honestly, a lot of people give him hate and a lot of people started to compare him to Peter Molyneux. <laughs> No, he was just a guy who was very passionate about what he did and over-promised and just couldn't back out of it. We've all, I've been there before where I've got said stuff and said I could do stuff or whatever and then not been able to back it up. Um, I, 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 you know, I get it. But remake Joe Danger. Uh, anyway, I, purely because it's unsupported on the Steam Deck. So, just go, go on, Sean, get on <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but anyway, they brought out at the end of 2021 The Last Campfire, and it came out of absolute nowhere. And instead of being the grandiose experience of No Man's Sky, it's a very short, personal, emotional story um, that's like this exploration theme full of puzzles, and it's got a wonderful narration to it. And it's only about five hours long or, you know, maybe six to seven hours if you try and like find all the hidden secrets and stuff like that. And I completed it over about three, four nights, just play like uh, an hour and a bit each time. And it's got oh, this amazing narration. It's kind of this person who's got this um, like uh, Scandinavian style voice, but really softly spoken. It, it almost feels like it's a cross between Finnish and Norwegian, the accent. And it just works really, really well. Um, it's just this hint of Scandinavian in there. Honestly, it's really good narration to it. And um, it's just this joyful story about 
almost about limbo. What what happens in limbo and trying to find your way home. Um, and it's honestly, it's just utterly, utterly beautiful. And I completed that. And if you get a chance, honestly, just just play it again. It's another one I don't want to say too much on because it's all about the discovery. Um, I think you can get it for very, very cheap at times in sales. But oh my god, it is so, 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 so good. Wonderfully beautiful game. Um, have you ever played it or seen it? Or uh, I've seen it, but I've not played it. No, um, it's is it mainly like puzzle? puzzle game it's not it's not puzzly puzzly um so the puzzles might be one of them's almost like a point and click type puzzle where you you turn up at this like it's fairly annoying so you turn up at this lake um and there's a fisherman and a, a frog there and the fisherman needs something to sort of like teach you how to fish um, and it's like, but you haven't got it there, and there's a frog that's in the way and stopping you progressing, so you have to kind of go and get something else to then take to the frog, which will take you somewhere else, which will then unlock something else that you can give to the fisherman. It's not convoluted at all. It's light puzzling. Um, there, there's nothing there where you get stuck for ages. It is, uh, uh, you know, wonderful. And that you can accidentally, uh, I accidentally stumbled on something I needed, for another puzzle, but I had already collected it. So where it would try, like the idea of it might be to try and send you back, it doesn't punish you if you find something early and it doesn't break the game at all. So there is puzzle, but I wouldn't call it a puzzle game. Right, cool. Well, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. And it, it just plays so, so well. Um, and it's like, it made me smile. Um it's you know there's elements of it where i'm going i don't know if this should be making me smile because it feels like it should be maybe telling like a more somber story but it just made me smile it's beautiful and the last it's worth it for the payoff at the end because the payoff let had a tear in my eye because it's a beautiful payoff lovely um, well i've just so. had a look now and you can get it from humble for two pound 27 <laughs> or green man gaming for two pound 28 do you know what? It's worth the two twenty eight, Joe. Nice. It's worth the extra penny. It's obviously I, I probably I can't remember when I got it um, or how I got it, in, in, whether it was in a bundle, whether I got it on Steam in a sale. I don't know. Um, it's let's say five to six hours long. If you're paying the full ten or whatever it is for it, it's worth it. If you get it for a sale for two three quid, then it's a no brainer. Lovely. So Excellent. there you go, Joe. That's what fifteen quid so far have cost you. Yeah, probably more. And also, there's that monitor. So, yeah, it's getting good. Yeah. It's going to be an expensive month, I think. <laughs> um, and the other game I completed was Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, because I was gifted quite a few games at Christmas part of the Steam Secret Santa. Wonderfully, because I couldn't actually take part and it blew my mind. And I thought, I've not actually played any of these properly yet. So, I went, do you know what? Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, let's get it. Let's get it played out of the way because I've just completed the last campfire, so this will be a bit longer. It might last me a bit longer. I completed it in three days. It is so good. It's taken everything that's good about Spider-Man and refined it. You've got, I think it's only like really concentrates on like Harlem in New York. So it's not all of New York or anything like that. So it kind of localizes it all to Harlem and maybe some surrounding areas. Um, there's still all the collectathon bits to do and the uh, like the crimes and everything, but they're not as over the top. Um, <clears throat> the thing I found with the original Spider-Man was as the game got further, it got increasingly difficult in a way that seemed a bit 
convoluted. Um, yeah. And it was like, oh, the side missions that he's trying to do are trying to actually halt me from progressing the story. And I didn't want that. So I was like, oh, I've got to do these side missions just to clear out these annoying buggers that are in my way. This doesn't do that. So you could progress, I think, the main story of Spider-Man Miles Morales without touching any side stuff that is optional side. There are some side bits you have to do because they're part of the main story because that's how it introduces them. Um, and there's some bits you have to do. And it was just, oh, it was like, but it's seven and a half hours worth of gameplay. Story is brilliantly done. Instead of being this over-the-top everything story that's well-threatening, um, instead it's a very localised story again. It's very important. It tells a really interesting story about how they're willing to uh, corporations are willing to uh, test things or do things to black communities and, and the lesser communities, like poorer communities and stuff like that, uh, that they wouldn't otherwise do. So it's very clever in how it tells the story. Um, and what it does really well, villains in it, quote unquote, aren't villains villains. There's nuance to them. And you yeah. kind of go, yeah, I get that. I get why this is happening. Um and you get crisis of confidence stuff going on. It's really nailed the Spider-Man and the Mars Morales stuff. Um, and it's just brilliant. Like, the pacing of it is the best one yet. And if Spider-Man 2 doesn't take more cues from Mars Morales when that comes out over the original Spider-Man, they're missing a trick because, yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. But what escalates it above any other Spider-Man game I've ever played, and I'm going back to the, some of the classic PS1 games, which are brilliant in their own right, you can unlock, obviously, the different skins. And one of those skins is a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse skin. Nice. Yes. So I played 75% of the game with that. Excellent. Um, but, and this is the best thing. You can put the skin on and the game plays and it's just a skin, which is great. And you get the, 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 the suit, which is wonderful. Or you can forego a couple of, like, mods on the suit which help the game help you in the game to give you better timing windows and stuff like that to basically have Miles Morales move at half the frame rate nice like it does in the like film it does in the film yeah and I just played the entirety of the rest of the game with that on um, wow. and what I now want is where's my Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse game yeah because yeah. where's my I need a Spider-Gwen add-on for this Use this world. Just use this world. I've said it before because this reuses New York really well and cuts it down. Reuse this world. Make me a Spider-Gwen game, please. Yeah, that would be Because it's, it's just so, so good. It's so good. And it's like, you, there's another one you could do where I kept it on, but it's not as good. But as you punch enemies and stuff like that, you get like the, uh, the cartoon uh, comic book noise images come up so the oh, bow yeah, and the yeah. boom and stuff like that. all that pops up as well and it's just like it's like playing spider-man into the spider-verse nice. and it's just brilliant they, um, the only thing that's a shame is that they couldn't do the actual spider-man into the spider-verse miles morales character model for the like the the face and everything and it's the game model but hey hey my, i'm not minor, complaining yeah. yeah nice that um, um they they did that with uh, it's Spider-Man, Venom, Maximum Carnage, and the other one. Oh, what was the mm. other one called? Doesn't matter. Um, back in the day, they had that Biff Pow stuff appear. Yeah. Um, 
and it, I always liked that. And they did comic book panels as well. And if they could add like comic book panel transitions as well into cutscenes and stuff, that would be in in uh, in the modern Spider-Man games. That'd be really cool. But I suppose yeah. most people coming to the games now know Spider-Man from the films, so it wouldn't have the same impact. But no. yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm gonna get oh, it. Well, just to just for those of you who will complain, I've said about it. So obviously in the film, the half frames movement thing disappears when he discovers and believes in his own powers and he goes to the full 24 frames rather than the 12 frames per per second movement i don't care it's iconic so i am aware technically it's not right to have the half frame stuff in the game but you can turn it off so if you want to be <laughs> particularly you can turn it off but i love it because it's that iconic to me yeah it's fantastic yeah <laughs> The new, is the new film out this year? Yes, I'm me and Edith are going on a daddy-daughter date to go and watch it. Fantastic. She needs a new Spider-Gwen outfit, actually, because I think her other one might be a bit too small. <laughs> well, it's been years since that came, the first one. Anyway, yeah, no, it's it's great. I'm going to be buying Ma- Miles Morales uh, at some point soon, yeah. Great stuff. Um, it's on sale on Steam at the moment, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I just haven't got any money. <laughs> No, you keep spending it. I keep recommending stuff and you keep buying hardware. Stop buying hardware, Stu. Buy what I tell you to buy. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Oh, but yeah. Um, but on that, honestly, create yourself a target. Um, give yourself little goals for games. Uh, because, to be honest, there's not much coming out in the AAA space where I'm going, must have, must have, must have. You've got loads of great games, especially if you've got a Steam Deck and you've had Steam for a number of years. You've probably got tons of great games. Give them some love because there's some stuff I otherwise would have ignored that I'm glad I've found again. Um, Yeah, that's great. Give it some love. That's that's how I'm going to shut up now, Stu. (laughs) No, 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 that's a good thing to do, yeah, because there's some stuff that you pick up, play a little bit, and then you go, oh, that's good, and then something else comes along and you forget all about it. Yeah, I do do that all. Not all the time, but I do it enough that it's a problem. So I will go back through my collection and see if there's anything worth picking up again. But whilst we're doing that, and until next time, follow us on all the socials, view all of our content on the website, Join our Discord if you want to chat about video games or anything mental health related and anything in between. And until next time, stay safe and stay sane.